the download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast. Hi, this is Ian Collin from 360 Gamer Magazine, and welcome to the first ever games-only edition of the AV Podcast. Coming up, we have the latest games news, we've got reviews of Aragon and Medal of Honor Heroes, and we'll also be discussing the Christmas situation for the next generation games console. The AV Podcast Gaming News, with Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Okay, first up, I've got two completely unsurprising pieces of news, um, none of which are official, but um, pretty much bang on. It's that uh, a couple of sequels coming up. Gears of War, it was a very predictable sequel, but um, apparently it's going to be at least a trilogy of them. Again, this is yet to be officially confirmed, but uh, a Microsoft executive has already mistakenly referred to it as the Gears of War trilogy, even though I don't think he was supposed to. But now another member of the, the developers Epic team has been on their forum and pretty much said that they're going to keep on making Gears of War games for as long as people keep buying them. And if uh, the success of the first one, which has now sold over one million copies, is anything to go by, then um, I'm thinking thinking that people are going to keep buying them for some while. So if you're a big fan of the Gears of War, uh, of the first Gears of War game, then you can look forward to plenty more of the second. And um, yeah, you've even got some downloadable content to look forward to before a second one comes out. So you've got a whole lot of Gears of War action going on. And um, in addition to that, following on Gears of War, good contender for being best game of well, best game of next year, but uh, one of the games voted the best game of this year, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, is another one getting a sequel. Again, no big surprise, and again, yet to be 100% officially confirmed. Inside, as information's already been published, uh, Magazine America's already given quite a few details of it, and it has to be said, it is looking very, very good. Details, again, a little bit sketchy, but there's been a lot of information just giving on the way that they're improving the, the visual side of things as much as the gameplay side of things. This article that it's in uh, says that it's going to be on a par with Gears of War visually, but um, they've had a few couple of really, not dodgy, but um, low quality screenshots in there, so I'm yet to be uh, convinced of that. But these, yeah, two big sequels, not officially announced, but I'm sure we'll be hearing from very, very soon. Well, the Xbox 360 has got the HD DVD drive basically coming out any day now, and a lot of people have been reporting that it can actually work on a PC. Now, although these rumours are completely unconfirmed by us, the actual drive apparently will work on a Windows XP-based PC with some drivers, a USB 2 port, and if you've got it, WinDVD 8, as that is an HD DVD playback program. However, other people have tested it on Windows Vista, um, and that works without any drivers, it will just connect. And apparently it will also work on uh, an Apple Macintosh running Mac OS X. Now, although no playback is available on uh, the Macintosh at the moment, it's actually interesting news that you'll be able to go out and buy a, an HD DVD drive for the Xbox and then plug it into your PC or Mac and it should work no problems. It's going friendly and friendlier, the Xbox and the PC, I'm finding. So uh, I saw again in a similar way, the keyboard and the mouse, I think we mentioned last week, but I've actually seen one up and running and um, yeah people seem to be liking that as well so you can use your Xbox and your play and your PC together beautiful poetry well the benefit is is if you can if you're gonna buy the uh, HDTV drive for your Xbox 360 and you're a PC owner you can just unplug it and unplug it into one of the others and you won't have to buy a drive for the uh, PC I'm just looking forward to the day when I can just have everything in one box and just stick it on the side have a huge big 42 inch plasma screen or something like that that's what we Rather call a PC <laughs> hell yes 
too many cables for me, man. But I'm, I'm happy. Things are going in the right direction. But being able to put things together. Exciting times. Um, but then, I mean, on a similar note, talking about um, Xbox and various services that they do, one thing that hasn't been going quite so smoothly was the new download service that um, has been launched in America, where you can download TV shows and rent movies and stuff like that through the Xbox Live service. Um, put a few sort of technical issues in there. Um, things haven't gone 100% smoothly, but it seems to be up and running reasonably well. But at the moment, high definition transfers, um, a lot of people, or a few people rather, haven't been getting exactly what they've wanted, or the downloads have been very, very slow. Microsoft have been saying, obviously, as they would, this is just because massive amount of interest, loads of people online at one time, you're going to get a few problems, which seems fair enough, but um, it, it seems to be going okay, but just uh, not everybody's 100% happy with it so far. Well, Atari have just uh, commissioned some market research regarding um, e-pimping of characters are on role-playing games. I mean, basically, the idea is that online gaming, as you know, is booming thanks to, you know, faster internet connections. You've got the, the new consoles, um, which, you know, the Xbox 360, the Wii, and the PS3, if ever, 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 ever comes out in Europe, will all have gaming online connectivity built in. And then you've also got the handhelds, such as the DS and the PSP, which have all got Wi-Fi. So basically, you know, this online gaming thing is becoming a huge phenomenon. But most of these games require you to um, build your character up in games such as World of Warcraft, Neverwinter Nights 2, which is what the research is um, actually relating to, or uh, games like Guild Wars. So Atari basically commissioned uh, a big research on this to see if people would want to actually play the game and develop the character, or they'd rather just basically go to, as they call it, the e-pimp, and buy a character that's already max leveled. And a, an astonishing 92% of British gamers said they would never consider purchasing one of these characters. They'd rather do it to the, the hard way. 6% um, of those questioned admitted they have done so in the past, and 2% actually have tried to sell a Gary, uh, an actual character online. So it's actually interesting that you know the UK is uh, all for partaking in the game and building your characters from, up from scratch, which is right on. Is there, have you got any evidence of uh, quality of these characters they're creating? Uh, the idea of the, the idea is that there are actual sites that you can go to and you can pay sort of fifty dollars and basically get them to level your character up. So you you open your account normally on on the game, yeah. you go to your site, you tell them the username and password, and twenty hours later of gaming they'll have it leveled from uh, level one through to say level twenty. Oh, I'm glad you get support. I was just thinking creating a whole character from scratch. I've seen myself just playing general console games, you know, where you've just got to pimp a car, which is just like four or five layers of vinyls or whatever in a paint job, and I'm rubbish at that. So the idea of creating a whole character would just scare me so much I'd end up with some deformed, weird monster. <laughs> well, Neverwinter Nights is a lot more uh, um, in-depth in the character building if you've played it or if you haven't played it. It's yeah. basically a, a advanced Dungeons and & Dragons and follows the rules very um, strictly and there are so many options that you can tweak just in generating your character. But, like I say, at the end of the day, um, it's really good that the UK gamer is actually building their character and you know levelling it properly as opposed to just paying 50 bucks and having it maxed out without them even touching the console or, or the PC. Yeah. That's because we're, we're prepared to work for our characters. Damn right. We're noble. We don't need to cheat. No. Not at all. Although, if anybody can get me a good deal, let me know. What have we got? Well, I'd, okay. I'll just do one final little piece, which is just because I do commonly um, big up the Xbox and 
um, looked down upon the well not looked down upon Sony and the PlayStation but it seems to be on a bit of a run of good news for Xbox bad news for PlayStation but um, this is a nice little comeback I heard last week somebody stole one million pounds worth of Xbox 360s from uh, a lorry in a warehouse in Staffordshire last week so if any Sony fans are, are listening I'm sure they'll be very very happy to hear that um actually no that could go the other way that could be the people actually want Xbox 360s and can get them but um I was just thinking, if you if it was a million pounds worth or a million dollars worth of PlayStation threes, sort of the eBay going right, that's about ten consoles, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's it. It doesn't sound like too bad a bargain, actually. Does it? Does, yeah, one million pounds worth of Xbox three sixties. That's probably more than what there are actual Sony PS threes in the whole continent by March next year, uh, allegedly, apparently, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. They're going to be selling these big black consoles. They're going to be selling Xbox 360s with just PS3 written on with a felt tip pen kind of scratched over the top. They'll oh. be dishing as I have the counter next year. My last, my last article, he says, is um, an interesting one. It's a company called Dream Arcades who basically um, create home video arcades um, for the home market. You, you've probably seen them like a main console. Yeah. Um, it's a PC in, a, in an arcade cabinet. Yeah. Well, they've gone the whole hog for this holiday. They're actually bringing out the ultimate arcade for home use. It has a, and I, I, I wish I was lying, but listen to this, it has a whopping 100-inch screen, which works with from a high-powered projector. You've got the 100-inch portable projection screen, a high-power PC, and there's over 100 classic arcade games, including Miss Pac-Man, Centipede, Dig Dug, However, it doesn't all end there. You also get a, a, a trackball that illuminates for playing games like Centipede and Missile Command, which require the trackball to be authentic, a spinner for the retro classics like Warlords Breakout and Pong, which are also included, a light gun for playing Mad Dog McCree and House of the Dead 3, and have a guess, but yes, those games are also included, um, wireless video and sound for easy setup, and a removable control pad. But basically, it's, uh, the idea of this is a single arcade for your home. Although I don't think you could get it under the Christmas tree, but more to sort of like the side of it. But yeah, hundred inch screen and everything that you could possibly want in an easy to use, uh, but probably not easy to hide um, setup. That pretty much goes back to what we said earlier about having you know hooking up the Xbox and the PC for the perfect entertainment system. I think you've just said the perfect entertainment system. Yeah, hundred well, inch screen. Hundred inch screen, over a hundred retro games, and you've got all the classics like Centipede, Missile Command, House of the Dead Three, you know, yeah. Street Fighters in there. Yeah, you have got everything you could possibly want, but the price it's going to be phenomenal. I'm sure it'll be a fine price to pay for what you're getting. 100 inch screen, that's that's a supporting wall for the place that I'm living in. That's it. I could get a couple of those and I could live quite happily beneath it. And it'd still be cheaper than a PS3 on eBay. <laughs> Apparently. Oh man, I don't think we're going to get three PS3s, are we? <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a, a PS3 period. Yeah. For the biggest and best DVD and HD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. The world's longest-lasting batteries from Energizer. Energizer Ultimate Lithium take up to 630 photos in digital cameras, compared to just 90 with ordinary alkaline batteries. Perfect for MP3 players. Ultimate Lithium lasts up to five and a half hours longer and are ideal for when you're on the move. Chances are you're going to need batteries again this Christmas. 
Choose Energizer Ultimate Lithium. Energizer. It's what's inside that counts. Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. Oh my God, is there nothing you people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. This week's Games Review. Okay, so this week I've been playing Aragon on the Xbox 360. Not many people might know the film. It's, uh, it's another film tie-in. Um, not a particularly famous one at the moment. Based on the film, I'm coming up with Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, Robert Carlyle, and um, several others. It basically tells the story of a, a young boy, young farm boy, who um, stumbles across uh, a dragon's egg. And this is obviously set in um, the oldie world, old English kind of uh, backdrop setting with that whole kind of Lord of the Rings vibe going on, but I, I don't really want to keep banging on about Lord of the Rings, but it's the only kind of obvious kind of simile that I could draw from it. So basically, you take on this character, and the story kind of evolves as you play through the game, so you kind of pick up new skills, and you suddenly find yourself on a quest to go out and save your land from an evil king. It's kind of a, a pretty cliched story, but it's it's kind of one that you'd sort of expect for a game of this sort, which is basically sword-swinging action-adventure game, but unfortunately doesn't really have enough of either for my liking. Generically, it's a budding-bashing game. There's very little you can actually do within the game, apart from hitting the... you've got a soft attack, you've got a power attack, and it's just a case you've got a massive total of four combinations which you can vary up those moves with. So basically, you don't really have to think about what you're doing with these two buttons, you just hope that you're hitting them at the right time and in a order that's quite appropriate at the time. But then you also get, eventually as you move into it, you get some magic skills, which you can kind of throw in quite well. Just simple little effects. You can push people away from you, you can pull them towards you, which is quite handy for throwing them off ledges and so on and so forth. You've also got a, a power defense, which is a bit rubbish and not really worth using, because what you have is the cool one, which is like a, it's a flame attack, where basically you can just fire out a big bolt of flame and somebody goes running around in a ball of flames which is much more fun than the other three combined but it still leaves you with very few options very few alternatives of how to play through the game which is it's a bit of a shame because it did seem to have uh, a reasonable amount going for it there's times when it it does look quite old at times and at other times it looks really really nice it looks like a next generation game it's occasionally you stumble across you know, some, some beautiful landscapes, you know, rocks dripping with water and everything, and it looks fantastic. Then you go to the next scene, and it just looks like some kind of chunky pixelated thing that you'd see two, three years ago on the Xbox in its early days. The other thing as well that kind of troubles it for me is one of those games that's got a fixed camera, so you don't actually get to control the camera, you control the character. So it, sometimes it can work as like a, a two-dimensional scroller, side-scroller, where if you walk left, the player walks left, you move right, the player moves right, the camera stays still. At times this, this can work quite well because it keeps the kind of cinematic feel of the game but a lot of the time it becomes very frustrating because you can easily lose track of where you are and what you're doing. One of the most annoying things for me is that um, sometimes you can't even see what's going on because the action's going on off screen. Your character might be on screen but the enemies are heading towards you from the other side of the screen and you've got no idea they're there until you're getting an axe in your face which isn't entirely a barrel of laughs. The only thing that you do have, you've got a, a bow, which is quite a cool secondary weapon, along with your big slashing sword, and it's got an auto-aim feature, so you can lock onto somebody off the screen, which means you can at least fight them in a way, but basically you can't see them, you're fighting an enemy that you can't see. But some of these features do come together quite well, I mean, you become a dragon rider, you, become, you find the dragon's egg, and you and the dragon grab together, not like in a Shrek kind of lovey kind of way, 
basically you're on this quest together. And there are a few nice sequences where you get to, to ride the dragon. Cameras, again, aren't great during it, but they look nice and it gives a nice little bit of variation to the game. But um, still, it still feels to me like an old game. It's a game that would have been good about two, three years ago. It's got a few nice ideas, but it doesn't quite make the most of them. And in the end, it's quite a short game and you end up, or I ended up feeling like I hadn't really done anything for five, six hours apart from hitting two buttons and setting fire to people, which had its moments, but didn't seem like six hours of entire fun to me anyway. So if I had to give it a score, I'd give it five out of ten. It's worth a go, but no more than a rental, because you'll be able to finish it in an afternoon. Well, this week I've been playing Medal of Honor Heroes on the PSP. Now, for people who know the Medal of Honor games, it's basically more of the same. It's a first-person shooter set in the Second World War. This game has 15 missions where you'll be taking on the Germans across various countries, such as Holland, Italy and Belgium. The main selling point of the game, other than the single-player uh, mode, is also that you'll be able to connect to other PSP players with, via the Wi-Fi, or you can connect, obviously, via a Wi-Fi router across the internet. Now, unfortunately, I haven't had time to uh, try that, but I have checked the manual. And the one thing that did worry me on that side of things was it says that it requires a subscription. Um, I can't verify this, like I said, as I haven't checked it out myself. So, first of all, you've got the 15 missions, which is the first-person uh, shoot-em. Um, the controls are not too bad on it. Um, I was a little bit all fingers and thumbs to start with, um, obviously, because I'm more PC-based, um, and the PSP doesn't offer you the ability for a keyboard-mouse combo. But once you get to grips with the, um, the, the controls, it's not too bad. Pressing the left uh, shoulder button on the uh, PSP allows you to zoom in, in into a crosshairs effectively depending on the gun that you're carrying, whereas the right uh, shoulder button allows you to fire. The analog stick gives you the movement of forward and backwards, whereas the buttons on the right-hand side of the PSP give you the up, down and left and right for the gun, so that it makes um, lining up a shot against the German much easier. However, it's still not as easy as using a mouse on a PC. Graphically, it's pretty good, bearing in mind that this is a portable console. The 3D is very fluid and the animation is very good. It's a little bit jagged, but then one can't help that, bearing the limitations of the machine. Sonically, it's, it's fine, however, again, with PSP games, I always find that the, the uh, he headset that comes with the PSP is absolutely useless, so it's always worth breaking out a decent pair of headphones. Once you've got those on, the, the sound is very good. Um, you tend to hear the Germans shouting left or right, from, depending on the angle that they're coming at, and you've also got a, a small team of troops with you, and you can hear them shouting things uh, such as Germans, and fire in the hole, and so on and so forth. It's very, very good. However, like I said, if you're... A, a PC gamer who's using the PSP um, on the train or whatever, you will find that the, the controls are very difficult to get to grips with. But once mastered, you shouldn't have any problems. And as such, uh, it's a good PSP title, it's a good first person shooter, and I'd give it a solid 7 out of 10. Many of our listeners will be aware of the HD format war about to hit UK shores in the next few weeks. Well, to combat some of the misinformation that surrounds the upcoming formats, Guildford-based PJ Hi-Fi will be hosting two special HD DVD insider chats for AV Forum's members on Wednesday the 20th of December. The AV podcast will be on hand during both sessions and will be reporting on the outcome for all those who can't attend on the day, including interviews with the organisers and attendees. With special guests from Microsoft and a chance to see the format in one of the UK's best demo rooms, tickets for these sessions are likely to go fast. So keep an eye on our HD DVD forums for more details as they're posted. 
You're listening to the AV Podcast. Oh, worth it. Totally worth it. With more gadgets than Q-Branch. The name is Bond. James Bond. This is the AV Podcast. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about current situation for the next generation of games consoles. Um, I'm coming into this with a bit of a, an Xbox 360 bias, um, simply because I play Xbox 360 games for a living. Um, so I, I, if I sound biased, I apologize a bit. And um, so I don't know where about you're coming in on this, Seth. Do you have a, a preference as it stands? No, I, I have to be honest. I'm really, uh, I'm not really about a console. I'm more about the games. I've always been about the games. Um, hence, that's why I've got um, uh, I've got an Xbox. I've got a PS2. I've got a GameCube. Um, I've got you know. I mean, I could just rattle off all the hardware. I've got you know DS, PSP, PC, Dreamcast. I've got 3DO, Jaguar. I mean, I've got loads. A lot. I have yeah a little a little, a little arsenal of uh, of, of um, consoles and the only reason is is because every every particular console has a strength on, on certain titles and exclusivity on titles and the only way you're going to actually get them as a gamer is to have everything but the problem is is um, the the consoles now are getting to the, the sort of silly money stages when you have to have it, when you have all the add-ons as such um, so it will cause a, a bit of a divide I think. Um, between gamers, they'll they'll concentrate on a format. And, you know, the, basically, the, the sort of the next gen consoles are the big three: the Wii, the 360, and the uh, PS3. Yeah, I mean, obviously, finance comes in as a uh, comes into it at the moment. Um, obviously, Xbox 360s it's already out uh, in the UK, so it's got that advantage. So, there to an extent, this Christmas is kind of dependent on the quality of the games it's got coming out which um, for Christmas season it's not the strongest that it's been obviously you've got Gears of War and Call of Duty and um, a couple of other similar games like that out um, so I mean games wise it's not hugely strong but it is still selling um, in vast amounts um, well, I was going to say I would beg to differ that although it's not necessarily 100% the strongest lineup we've ever seen over the years it is still a pretty good lineup. I mean you've already said Gears of War you've got um, Call of Duty 3 Splinter Cell 4 you've got uh, Rainbow Six Vegas which is out uh, the, the end of this week yeah. um, you're going to have Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 2 which is just an exercise in titillation emphasis yeah. on the first uh, syllable uh, Star Trek Legacy is coming out um, and then just after Christmas um, you're going to have things like uh, Alan Wake and Huxley uh, are, are shared penciled in and Lost Planet so you know even after Christmas when everyone wants to go back to the sales and spend money you've got things like like I said Alan Wake, Huxley, Lost Planet, Bioshock they're all coming out so it, although they, some of them may have just missed the window there is quite a lot of titles out there for uh, the 360 gamer yeah, I think well, several of those kind of they're kind of painting a very wide pathway at the moment for 2007. A lot of the games, I think that um, people saying 2007 they're going to be more mid 2007. I think they're lining up a few titles for once the the PS3 if it does hit in March. So um, some good titles. Lost Planet for one is coming out uh, in January, so that's going to be a very very good start for the new year for the 360. Hmm. But then I think you're going to find quite a few more titles. Developers currently saying or publishers saying. Um, spring, which pretty much for me says 
PlayStation. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, as, as you say, sort of the 2007, because of the PS3 allegedly coming out around March, they're going to they're gonna hold back some of the big guns, but they've got to make sure that there's some quality titles, otherwise they're going to lose the, 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 dem the demographic, basically. They've already got Xbox 360s and they're playing them, you know, to, to oblivion. Um, no reference to the game either. You know, um, if, if you have a look at the 2007 release schedule of things that have been touted at sort of in, in in quarter one, you know, the new Burnout game, Resident Evil 5, um, the Ghost Recon um, sequel, they're all coming out sort of February, March as well. Um, and if you know, Sony are right on the money in terms of when they're going to bring the PS3, which will be March, that's going to be quite a crucial time. And, and you know, there are some big titles there, really. Some quality oh, titles there. There's some awesome titles. There's so many games that could be like the big game of 2007. Mm. It's, it's quite a substantial list. Yeah, and when you get to the end of 2007 with things like um, Unreal Tournament 2007 apparently coming out, um, if it actually comes out, that's the big <laughs> thing, and Grand Theft Auto 4, um, you know, things are, look, are, are looking pretty good uh, at, at the end of 2007 as well for the Xbox. So, you know, it looks like it could be quite a strong year, but the fly in the ointment is always going to be what's going to happen with PS3 and what's going to happen with Wii. Yeah, I mean... First indication seems to be that people are taking to the consoles quite well. I mean, obviously we're still waiting on UK launches as we're talking here. I mean, I I think they're both looking okay. Uh, PS3's very short on games at the moment, but by the time it comes out in the UK, you've got a fairly decent release list from what I can see. We, I don't know where you stand on that. I mean, it's got you know it's got quite a lengthy release list, quite a lot of good games on it at the moment, and it's people seem to be having fun with it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, let's take uh, the Wii for an example. Um, the release schedule is uh, end of next week, 8th of uh, December. Um, there are some really solid titles. You know, Nintendo aren't being shy here. They are bringing out a few of the big guns. The, the obvious one, Zelda. Um, you know, it's not a Nintendo console until Zelda's made it, uh, an appearance. And the obvious other character for Nintendo is Mario, but that's not uh, coming out on the uh, release date. Um, other big titles for people that are used to the GameCube, you've got things like Super Monkey Ball, um, which was awesome. a superb game. You know, it was so superb that they brought it out uh, on the Xbox, didn't they? Turned me around. I, I got back and played it. <laughs> Sweet. That's it. So you've got that. You've got Far Cry coming out. You've got your Need for Speed. You've got your Splinter Cell. They're all sort of coming out on the 8th of the 12th. Um, it's, uh, you know, just again going through the uh, the lineup. You've also got the kids type games with Happy Feet, the Penguin uh, movie tie-in, Ice Age 2, and Open Season. Again, movie ties in, but they, they're aimed obviously at the uh, the younger market. And then you've got things like um, Madden NFL 2007, which is also scheduled for 8th the 12th. Again, you know, it's it's not keeping the, um, the the Nintendo console traditionally in the kids only zone, which was some of the problems that did plague uh, yeah. the GameCube to when it first came out. It was very kiddie orientated. And then yeah. you've got things like Resident Evil, which just totally blew it away. That Resident Evil was sort of the first kind of uh, Nintendo-based game that just turned me around and suddenly thought, God, you know, these can make real hard-hitting games as well. Well, I, think, I was going to say, I would have gone for um, Eternal Darkness was the, the, the first really adult title on the GameCube, um, which was more psychological horror. Um, yeah. And then you go to the Resident Evils, which were really quite bloody. Yeah, I was thinking like on a, a visual level as well. Mm. That was when kind of, because you're, you're always kind of primarily a little bit dismissive, because, because it'd always been 
you know, not like um, uh, Link to Kids, not been a, a kid's console, but it, games had always been simplistic based on gameplay. So you kind of, you know, they keep things nice, bright, fresh and simple, and then you suddenly see games like that, and it's like, oh man, look what they can do with this console, it's awesome. That's it. But then you go on to the, you know, we've already touched on the Xbox shed, um, lineup that are hitting the um, PS3 sort of debut time. Um, and, and Nintendo are not, are not much better in terms of bringing out some of the big guns. You know, at the end of February, you're looking at Metroid Prime 3. Um, so, you know, there's another big title. In January, you've already got the Mario Galaxy title. Um, you've got Sonic coming out in, in, in um, March as well. Big Brain Academy, which ties in very nicely with the, the, the huge title on the, uh, the Nintendo DS. Um, and then you've also got Super Smash Brothers as well. So, you know, some very key titles there coming out from Nintendo at a, a, a particularly critical time for them when Sony unveils the console in Europe. Yeah, I think Nintendo, well, just the Wii as a console, it's got a, it's nailed a very, very good um, release list. Um, you know, not just with uh, Nintendo titles, but just all uh, published titles. It's, it's pretty much something for everybody there, and you've got like a few choices as well. It's not like you're restricted to a set genre or a set style of game. You've got a lot of big name titles, so there'll be plenty of stuff for people to buy at Christmas if they've got a Wii to go with it. That's it. The, the, the very interesting thing, but more than anything else, is not, as you say, is that it's not only that they're bringing out a lot of release titles, they're bringing out a phenomenal number of release titles, really, um, on day one, and it's very varied. And the other thing is that you get an actual game in the co with the console, which you didn't with the um, Xbox or, as far as I'm aware at the moment, the PS3. Um, I don't know what the PS3 are doing. Um, well, well, it, sure, I'd just be happy if they get anything out at all. Well, Sony's track record has always been chucking a demo disc. Yeah. Um, in the PS1 and the PS2, there's always a demo disc. Um, so I can't see them breaking um, uh, their, their, their template there. But, you know, when you buy the Wii, you get Wii Sports, you know. So, you know, even if you don't buy any games for the, for the you know, whoever's getting the console on Christmas, or even if you just literally buy it as an impulse, you've got something in there to play. Yeah. And it's quite a lot as well, Wii Sports. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's just... been getting, you know, some good press, and uh, a lot of people have really taken to it. It's just exceedingly hard work, though. You've seen all the stories already of people just almost suffering from Nintendo exhaustion, just oh. swinging these controllers around. God help us when we get the Wii dance mat. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a few beers in, Boxing Day, I don't know, you might just end up with it anyway. There's a whole new but... meaning to Wii on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, but you know, okay. But we, you know, we've we've covered. I have to say, we've covered the Xbox and the and the the, the Wii there. I mean, you know, as I, I'll stop you from picturing that uh, horrible graphic image that I just instilled in your head. Um, That's wrong. I, I've heard about this console for about two years, and like the name's been around for about I don't know a year, eight months, and I'm still laughing. Oh, I still prefer the revolution. I have to be honest. Yeah, that would have worked. But okay, yeah. I mean, you're um, a, a, by your own admission a bit of a Sony hater. Well, not a Sony hater. It's just I'm. It's more of a moral obligation to stick with Microsoft <laughs> the next. Well, actually, more yeah, professional obligation. <laughs> no, seriously, for the PS3, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued, but not at the price tag. Uh, I, yeah, the price point's too high, um, especially when you compare. I mean, now it's. Again, talking from the Xbox 360 perspective, but they've got that down to less than, uh, well, you can get it for less than 200 quid now. I mean, just basically as a console by itself with nothing. So when you're looking at 400 quid for a PS3, then that suddenly seems like a whole lot of money. Although, yeah. really, then you've got to wait until March at best to get it. 
and then you know maybe might be a few other goodies and stuff like that that come in but it does it's still a high price point but then by admission the 360 was quite a high price point when that was first released as well so i'm guessing or hoping that price will start dropping once the early rush is gone you know, a lot of people are going to turn around and, and use the usual argument of, oh, it's more than a console, it's got a Blu-ray drive, you can watch Blu-ray movies, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's a tough call. I mean, for me personally, I'm a gamer. If I want a Blu-ray player, I'll buy a Blu-ray player. If I want to play games, I'll buy a console. I yeah. don't want a jack-of-all-trades, you know? Yeah. That's just that's that's just me. Um, there are a lot of people out there who will go, I'll buy the PS3, I'll get a cheap Blu-ray console at the same time. Uh, a Blu-ray player, I should say. Um, I don't know, I just can't subscribe to that viewpoint, but I suppose that's the, the, the inner snob in me. Yeah, I kind of hope that, I mean, it's about Sony maybe packing, packaging a game with the PS3. I'm kind of thinking, because in a way this has worked in the UK's favour. Admittedly, you know, it's a chore that we're going to have to wait until March, perhaps. Um, when we finally do get the PS3, but it's going to have by then. This is going to have such an awesome launch lineup. It's going to be so many games just stacked up, queued up, ready to be released when it goes on sale. Yeah, There's got to be some agree. good deals to be had when that comes out. A, a rather well-known Eve retailer, um, and they've got a pre-order price of £550 for the PS3 with 60 gig hard drive and three games: uh, Formula One, Warhawk, and SingStar not the biggest titles in the world compared to what else is being offered on their huge list. No, it doesn't sound yeah. like a, a particularly uh, must-have deal, does it? No, and if I was going to... Oh, I, I don't know about you, if I was going to buy a PS3, I'm not going to buy Formula 1, Warhawk and Sinister. I'm going to be going for Metal Gear Solid, you know, Final Fantasy 13, um, maybe Assassin's Creed, you know, stuff that's really exclusive and, you know, you know, what they, you know AAA title as such. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I would say Gran Turismo, but to be absolutely honest, I've never liked the Gran Turismo games. <laughs> uh, it's, they they sell regardless. They are good games, and people will buy them. It's kind of just one of those. The whole it's a winning franchise. People buy it regardless, like FIFA. If you if yeah, I mean if you're if you do like the various games, then you're going to buy Gran Turismo. I'm not the biggest one. Uh, I mean, I've got uh, I think Gran Turismo Four, isn't it? Yeah, on, on PS2, I've got you know, but it, it leaves me kind of cold. I don't know. Perhaps it's just me. Um, it's, it's 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 too too simulated to be arcade and not enough arcade to be simulated, you know? Yeah. It's it's, it's too it, it can't make its mind up which it wants to be. So okay. it, it leaves me cold. So yeah, I mean that could you know, some people are gonna go for that and say Metal Gear Solid and whatever. You're not gonna go for um Singstar and Formula One. Um not when there's those big titles. So I yeah. think that's just that's just um uh, a certain company trying to make sure that you know they get they either they sell these titles because they you know ordered so many or you know just to get the, the, the pre-sales on the on the console yeah. which is another thing is you know consoles and retailers you know they, they keep on making these bundles yeah um, and uh, do you think that's a good idea just how you know going off on a I mean, tangent slightly from a com- consumer's perspective it'd be ideal it's like when the ps3 launched it um, you know, people get together, put together like three game compilations, stuff like that. You know, maybe a particular publisher, you know, Sony come out, bring out like a five game compilation for a hundred quid. It'd be, you know, or might be a little bit more, I don't know, but it would be, it's just a very convenient way to get a lot of the games you want. If you can pick the games that you want. Yeah, well, that'll be the doubt. I'm sure that there'd be some kind of running theme to these games, but, um, but yeah, there's yeah. I think it's it's probably the toughest point, uh, or one of the toughest points, is going to be able to 
get all these games out onto a market so that everybody's got a chance to be able to buy them at a reasonable price. Nobody's going to be able, well, very few people are going to be able to afford to go out and buy 10, 15 PS3 games in the first month that it goes on I, sale. I think most people will buy one or two on release days and um, sort of stagger it over the next month or two yeah. to pick up if they bring out that amount of titles. But I, don't, I, I just think it's it's a lot for Sony to ask for a, a consumer to spend. I mean, the, the touted price, as we said, is four four twenty five on a console. Yeah. Uh, by the time you add three games, it's another hundred and fifty quid. So yeah. you're looking at just under six hundred pounds to walk away with a PS3 and, and three games. Yeah. You know, and, and then you've got to buy, you know, knowing you, you know, all the luck that you tend to have, a component cable, or if you haven't got HDMI and a second controller. You know, it, it really does get quite expensive. I, you know, I don't know. I just think that Sony have uh, overstretched themselves a little there. Yeah, well, obviously, they get to miss out on the fact that you can't ask for this stuff for Christmas. You're going to have to wait for another year <laughs> until you could get this stuff as a Christmas gift. Yeah, well, I won't be buying it, and I won't be, well, I won't be buying it in a hurry, and I won't be getting it for Christmas either. Believe me on that one. Um, okay, well, thanks for that, Seth. Um, I don't know what you're going to be playing this Christmas. Xbox 360 or Wii? Xbox 360, I think, at the moment. Um, I don't think I'll have the Wii in time. Me too. I'll be playing Xbox 360 this Christmas, and PS3, we'll wait and see till next year. Okay, that's it for now. The biggest news and the best, best, best reviews. Best reviews. Hard, tiring work. You're listening to the AV Podcast. So, thanks for listening to the first games-exclusive AV Podcast. Feel free to leave us some feedback in the podcast forum at AV Forums, or alternatively, you can give us a call on 0208-123-9587 and leave a voice message. This is Ian Collins, and thanks for listening. Keep those controllers in hand and tune in next time. The AV Podcast was presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.